0: You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hi and welcome. Uh, My name is David Rosenthal and I'm the President of Zion's Hope, and I'm thrilled to have here in studio, uh, Alan Kirshner. Uh, Alan is a longtime friend of the ministry, and he is a scholar and a prolific writer, and uh, we're just excited to have Alan here in person, here in our studio. And uh, for this session, we wanted to talk just briefly about his new book, Pre-Trib, Examining the Foundations of Pre-Tribulation Rapture Theology. You know, I've had some friends who've seen the book and saw pre-trib and say, oh, are you espousing a pre-trib eschatology?" And I uh, said, "No, you need to dig a little bit deeper uh, into the book, and you'll find out something very different." And so, Alan, I wanted to ask you, what was kind of the impetus for writing this book, and the the viewpoint that you took, and the perspective that you took, and the issues that you tried to uh, to deal with in the writing of it? Sure. Uh
1: well, for two really reasons. Uh, f- the first reason is why I write any type of book or article or uh, whatnot, and that is for people to love Jesus more. And it's not a cliche. I really mean that because uh, it, you know I, we're not supposed to be a, you know an empty gong, or a, and we're supposed to love God in all that we do, our mind, our body, spirit. And so that's one of the reasons I wrote this book, because I really want people, when they finish the last page, to love Christ more. The second reason is that I think a lot of pre-tribulational pastors and exponents and and, uh, lay people are not aware of their own fundamental belief system when it comes to uh, Bible prophecy and of pre-tribulationism.
0: Good. And, you know, one of the things that's so crucial is anytime we're studying eschatology and we're dealing with issues of the timing of the rapture, um, these should not be contentious issues. Uh, they're, they are critical, they're uh, crucial and important uh, to our understanding of the Lord's second coming and the chronology and sequence of end time events, but they shouldn't be cause for, uh, for brethren to, to argue or to fight. Um, we can obviously have differences of opinion, um, but we always go back to the Bible as our far- final arbiter um, for these issues. But um, we don't want it to be controversial or uh, condescending in any way. And I, I know that you agree with that. And mm-hmm. and that comes through in, in the how you wrote your book. So I appreciate that very much. Um, now, the book is divided into two parts. Um, the first one is dealing with a presupposition that God does not work with the church and Israel at the same time. And we're really going to focus on that in this uh, brief video. The second one is uh, an issue called the... Perusia presupposition, which is the rapture is not part of the second coming. We may save that for a different video in the future, but I really want to focus on part one um, in the book, which is the fact that, or the idea that God does not work with Israel and the church at the same time. And that kind of gets to the heart or the issue of dispensationalism. So can you take just a minute or two to explain dispensationalism and, and how that is so foundational for many who call themselves pre-tribulation rapturists.
1: Sure. Uh, dispensationalism has gone through different stages uh, over the decades, and, uh, or at least the last 150 years. But dispensationalism, really at its core, I believe, refer, uh, is defined by its understanding of the relationship between Israel and the church. At least traditional dispensationalism, understands that God does not work with the church and Israel at the same time. And so that's, that's key. I mean, there's other tenets to dispensationalism, but that is really, uh, I think, the heart of dispensationalism, at least traditional dispensational, dispensationalism. And that because of that, a concomitant of that uh, or a uh, implication of that is the eschatology, their view on the, the relationship of the rapture to the church, and that is pre-tribulationalism, that, that the church will be raptured out of here before God resumes his program once again with Israel.
0: And how would you define just classically a dispensation for our audience so they have a sense, if they're not a scholar, how would you define a dispensation? Um, because most believe in a variety of dispensations through history.
1: A dispensation would be a particular administration or era in which God has a particular program and how He relates to humanity and His people in a certain way that He doesn't do the same way in, in other types of uh, parts or eras of history.
0: So that would be significant as it relates, as He relates to the Church in a particular dispensation versus how He may work with Israel in a different. Dispensation, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. So, so when we're talking about dispensationalism and the idea of that God works with Israel at a certain time in history, uh, and then He works with the Church at a different time in history, how does that relate to pre-tribulation rapturism specifically? And how is that foundational to many who call themselves pre-tribulationists? How does that, how is that foundational to their thinking? And why is it so germane to their view that that jesus christ will rapture the church prior to what is commonly referred to as a tribulation
1: well they would appeal to their fundamental proof text which is uh daniel chapter 9 verses 24 to 27 this is uh the the key text that uh, daniel's 70-week uh prophecy in which god has taken uh, a block of history 490 years out of history and that Uh, That prophecy, and then at the end of that 490 years, uh, this is when Israel would come, all Israel would recognize their Messiah uh, and, and be restored. But they would see that as that prophecy was, because it was given to Israel, they would say, well, because Israel and the church are distinct, and because God has given that prophecy to Israel, therefore the church must be Uh, cannot exist during that 490-year block of time, especially the last seven years. Therefore, the church is going to be raptured before the the last seven years of that 490-year block of time begins. They're going to be raptured, and then God will resume that last seven years with Israel.
0: So according to Daniel's 490-year prophecy given to him by the Lord, we've already experienced 483 years of that prophecy and we're living in what is known as the times of the Gentiles, or also sometimes referred to as the church age, and therefore there's that seven-year period to complete that 490-year prophecy that's still hanging out there in the future, and that seven-year period is commonly referred to as the tribulation period. And so if you're a dispensationalist who, who uses that as your foundation for being a pre-tribulation rapturist, then you would say that, okay, during this church age, God is primarily dealing with the church and then prior to that seven-year tribulation period that fulfills the, the rest of Daniel's 490-year prophecy that the church would be raptured and then that seven years would ensue and where God is now refocused specifically in dealing with Israel, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So based on that concept, are there any examples, and I know you have some based on what you've written in your book, of where God has dealt with both the church and Israel together, simultaneously.
1: Correct. And let me just preface that by saying that the, uh, so pre-tribulationists would say that uh, because the church did not exist for the first 483 years of that 490-year period, uh, they didn't exist during the first 69 weeks, uh, therefore the church cannot exist during the seven-year period. Logically, that makes no sense. Uh, The church can exist during that last seven years, or at least part of it, uh, because the church exists right now, uh, so it's a, a really a logical fallacy to to make that argument. Uh, another problem is as as you um, have alluded to is the prophecy to Daniel was made to Israel, but there were other prophecies in the Old Testament that were made to Israel, and yet the benefits of those prophecies have been fulfilled in the church for example the new covenant in jeremiah 31 is a great example that the new covenant was made to israel however the progressive revelation uh we see in the new testament especially the book of hebrews and what jesus uh, instituted is that the 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 church experiences those benefits of the new covenant in other words his grace through the new covenant has been extended to gentiles believing gentiles i.e the church now so therefore the the argument that uh, the church cannot exist during the last seven years doesn't make any sense based on the fact that we know that god works with israel and the church uh at the same time through the new covenant Mm -hmm.
0: and then you also had uh, talked about the pouring out of the spirit In relation to how God works with both both groups at the same time, connected to Joel and Peter, can you expound on that a little bit?
1: That's a great example because in Joel two, there's a prophecy that, you know, in the last days, there's going to be you know uh, dreams and visions and so forth. And 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 we when you look at Pentecost, we see that uh, that was fulfilled. In fact, Peter says the prophecy of Joel has is is being at least has been established beginning to be fulfilled which occurred at Pentecost Uh, and part of that prophecy is the day of the Lord so the celestial disturbances that are going to happen before the day of the Lord so they're kind of like bookends of the church age is that the miraculous charismatic events that established the church at Pentecost that prophecy of Joel has begun to be fulfilled and then the celestial disturbances will complete that prophecy and what's between those two events, the Church Age. So we see that Joel's prophecy began to be fulfilled in the Church during the Church Age. So the again, once, he, once again, the idea that God cannot work with or He doesn't work with the Church in Israel at the same time uh, doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, Peter makes that clear. Right, right. And then uh, also, you mentioned um, the judgment, uh, God's judgment of Israel, particularly related to 70 A.D. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for us? So
1: traditional dispensations, they will say that the new dispensation, the dispensation of grace, uh, began you know, after uh, Jesus ascended to, to heaven. However, one of the prophecies that he gave in, during his earthly ministry in Matthew 24, the first few verses and, and Luke 19, was the destruction, the judgment on Israel. And that was, so that was a prophecy given to Israel during the, the, the Old Covenant era, and yet, when did that happen? In AD 70. AD 70 dur- was during the church age. So once again, God has worked with Israel and the church at the same time in a prophecy in the, in the Old Covenant that was given to Israel. We see that the church has existed during that fulfillment of that, that prophecy.
0: Right. And then also uh, in the future, we're looking ahead to the ceiling of the 144,000 in the book of Revelation um, and a great multitude in heaven. Simultaneous, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: God works with Israel, I believe he's, uh, he's worked with Israel and the church at the same time in the past. He does so right now, making Israel jealous. Uh, and then you have the, uh, you know, uh, Israel becoming a, a nation in 1948, once again, during the church age. And yet he will work with Israel and the church at the same time in the future, and Revelation seven is a great example because you have one hundred forty-four thousand Israelites who are they're sealed. God is working with them; He's beginning to redeem them, and just opposed with that event of the sealing of the one hundred forty-four thousand, this great multitude who appear in heaven. They come out of the great tribulation. Uh, they're celebrating. Their salvation, there new, are their newly resurrected bodies, and that's all happening roughly at the same time. And once again, it's a great picture of God working with Israel and the church at the same time.
0: At Christ's rapture. Right. At right. the rapture of the church. Yep. Um, so an amazing where you see both groups together, working, God working with them simultaneously just prior to the rapture of the church, which is, which is uh, amazing to see. Great. Well, we're going to stop it for there for now. We're going to pick up in another video, uh, maybe Lord, uh, Lord willing, in the future. But I thank you so much for being here in studio and for discussing your book, and specifically um, issues related to dispensationalism um, and how God works both with Israel and the church at the same time, and really that foundational Uh, issue that pre-tribulationists kind of hold on to it's an implied concept i think that they're that they're looking at an implied idea Um, but clearly the bible tells us um, and you cited some of those things where uh, he works both with israel and the church simultaneously and in no way should that preclude the church from being inside of the 70th week or inside of what is commonly known as the tribulation period so thank you so much for your time and we'll look forward to picking this up on another occasion Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode.